Everybody, welcome to Real Brave Live. If it's Wednesday, it's Real Brave Live here. Every single week we're doing this. Today, we are celebrating International Jazz Month, which happens, excuse me, day. International Jazz Day, which is April 30th, which is not today. But we don't do this show on that day, so we're going to celebrate it today. We're going to talk about the most, uh, the 10, uh, what is it, 10 most famous or most accessible beginner what? What are we doing? Is top ten jazz albums for beginners, but I'm joined today here with the blues, uh, the blues brothers, John Belushi. Yeah, I was misled. I thought this was a, a, the International Blues Day, so I did the. Thanks for coming, John. Sorry to hear about your death, and um, I'm, I'm bummed too. About it. If if you know who we are, Real Brave is a music studio. We have a wonderful online music program. Uh, it's called Practice Pad, and it's an online video conferencing suite where you can get lessons with your favorite instructor, or if you're new to it, you can sign up today and get lessons right now. It has a video conferencing suite. You can record on it. It's got hundreds, if not thousands, of tutorials. It is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life, and uh, it's all for you. That's what we do here every single week. Uh, when, I, when I speak the words correctly and it comes out of my mouth, Kevin. You are a jazz guy. Uh, yep. But don't look into it too deeply. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yes, I'm a big fan of the genre. Um, jazz, with a hard J. I'm proud of you for not. Yes. I'm, I'm a big fan of the genre. I went to, uh, oh, many years ago, to Moravian College out in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where I was um, a music student <coughs> studying performance in the, the, in the jazz track. And um, at some point, I hit a wall. I and I just I I just couldn't keep up with the uh, the, the 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 technical demands, the level of sophistication of, of a lot of the harmonies and stuff. And it was like I hit a wall. And it was I remember where it was. It was um, if you've heard of Charlie Parker, I have one of the most famous and renowned uh, jazz. Uh, alto saxophonist of all time. He's got, um, you know, a, a, a wealth of repertoire, and a lot of it is um, has been transcribed into what's called the Omni Book, and it's just transcription after transcription of his solos. And man, trying to read through one page of that will take me days. And um, I, I think at some point I got really discouraged and um, said, like, oh, this is fun. Maybe it's not for me, but I, I seriously, I love it. You know, yeah. uh, my first preset, the first preset in my radio, I'm a, I'm a car radio is a 88.3 WBGO Jazz FM. You're in the, yeah, that's like a standard. Wait, that's FUV. No, that's uh, that's fairly Dickinson. No, that's FDU. FUV is Fordham University. Fordham. That's They're, what I used to listen to. That's, that's like, used to have the jazz station. That's like 91.1 or 90.7. On the East Coast, if you're listening to this in the East Coast of America. In, on Earth, on planet Earth. In Milky Way galaxy. Yeah, if you're in the, uh, the other galaxy, it's Okay. Did you know it'll take 45 years for uh, this broadcast to reach the outer uh, um, Oort cloud of comets of our, our, our solar system? When that happens, it will definitely cause some sort of intergalactic war. They'll be so angry. Maybe. It's possible. I mean, <laughs> that'll be like the- Oort cloud is a very ominous term. It'll be like Poli Shore and then us, and yeah. then they'll just they'll just fly here and destroy the whole planet. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, ten best jazz albums for jazz beginners. Yeah. Uh, right. So um, yeah. So like I'm a I guess a, a, a failed jazz musician. I know some of this stuff, but I don't know all of it. Uh, failed jazz musician. Uh, and so this list of ten uh, most famous jazz albums for beginners, I would not argue that it's for beginners, and it depends on. Beginner of what? Like beginner of listener? I, I read, read a little bit of the preamble and it talked about how so often jazz is associated with like elevators and waiting rooms and doctor's offices and stuff like that. And I want to make a very clear distinction because that still upsets me to this day. Well, uh, that is smooth jazz. That is a subgenre of jazz that came about in like the eight, eight, late 80s, early 90s. That's your Kenny G. Kenny G's. That's your, and you know, don't get me wrong, I love Dave Koz, but that's like, your wind chimes and your synthesizers yeah. and your like, like kind of just, in my opinion, a lot of people love it, bland noodling. I will get back to that in a second. I want to get to uh, that. We have a special guest today, which I didn't get to announce, Julia Messenger, uh, who I had the privilege of having on the show. 
we're going to have that happen. And Kevin, yes. we're going to listen to music. Nice. Her music. Wait, on here? On here. Really? She gave us permission. Oh, take that, Zuckerberg. That's right. Yeah. Take that. Take it. Don't take it. <laughs> Please let Actually, us have it. Listen to it. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk to her about her career, uh, her voice, which is incredible, and her music. It's uh, it's a it's a a really good uh, interview. I'm very proud of it. Great. So, uh, and she's an old dear friend. So it was it was great to see her on the show. Number ten in the ten best jazz albums for jazz beginners. I like to kind of fly through a bunch of these. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so if, if, if you're feeling like we can fly through it, then let's do it. If you want to focus on one, I mean, we I could want you spend, to tell me. We could spend an entire episode on each on each. I album. know, that's the thing. Like, we, we need to pick and choose here. I have the, the one that I want to spend on, the person the time, the, that I want to spend the most time on here. But um, uh, John Coltrane, number 10. I love Supreme. Love Supreme. I love Supreme. I love Supreme. Great album. Um, very um, not what a lot of people might associate with jazz. You know, when you think of jazz, you think of that boom, 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 and this is kind of a far, not a far cry, but like it it deviates from that a bit. It's very meditative. It's very uh, ethereal. It's um, it's spiritual in a way, but it's not like a spiritual. It's it's. Um, it's it's hard to define. It's it's, it's nebulous like that, and um, really cool album. Uh, accessible, yeah, for anybody. You know, if you're in touch with like sound, yeah, it's a good it's a good beginner album for jazz. Um, but again, it's not what a lot of people would like really aside from the name John Coltrane. You know, it's uh, not what a lot of people would associate with what is like tr traditional characteristics of, of the genre? Well, it's on here uh, for the, uh, if you're not familiar with jazz, you want to get into it, you want to be a cool cat in the neighborhood, kind of um, expand your horizons because it is kind of like the, the balsamic vinegar of dressings. It takes a little bit of time to get used to it. I use that for everything, actually. That's that's my one analogy for everything. Okay. I've never used that before. I don't know why I said that. I mean, balsamic's pretty good. I, that could go on a lot of stuff. It can go on eggplant. Yeah, but you can't listen to jazz like right off the bat and be like, cool. Like, not everybody can do that. Yeah, no. Vinegar is, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Kind of get like a bite in the back of your tongue kind of thing. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna clear you out. Yeah. So, A Love Supreme by John Coltrane is a masterpiece, uh, masterpiece, mm. uh, 100%. Um, there's a bunch of notes here about this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through it. Um, it was a prototype for spiritual jazz subgenre that touches on exactly what you'd think of that name, spirituality. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Again, it's very meditative and it's very, uh, like, not, it, you get a sense of it not being about the self, but being about, like, a much bigger picture. It's more about uh, a man expressing his faith through movements, chants, and downright gorgeous musicianship. Yeah. It's true. Now, John Coltrane happened to appear on the next one. Yeah, Kind of Blue. Kind of Blue mm -hmm. uh, by Miles Davis. We've talked about Kind of Blue before. It was the first jazz album that I ever listened to, and I am not a ja jazz connoisseur. Um, it is uh, number nine. Largely considered the album to like get into as like a jumping in point for jazz um, because it's so heavily rooted in the genre of the blues, which to a lot of people, especially for people who like rock or R and B or you know blues, it's a really great jumping in point because the songs, uh, the ten or so tracks on that album, save for a couple. Are followed that 12 bar formula of one, four, one, four, one, five, four, one, in a little bit of a more uh, esoteric uh, way. But that basic skeletal uh, form is, is what kind of holds it together and what makes it feel so familiar, even though, like, a lot of the melodic material, the vocabulary that's used. Is um, you know it's jazz. That's jazz. That's uh, is the cool jazz era, I believe. No, it's the uh, yeah, it's the cool jazz era, right? Is that so what? Yeah, well, so what's on the album? Yeah, cool jazz. Cool jazz. Or modal jazz too. Um, so what is a tune that's like eight bars of D minor, eight bars of E flat minor, eight bars of D minor repeat, A B A form, and it's just like Dorian mode. That's what it is. 
Uh, but in that way, it's accessible because you're not trying to wrap your brain around like all these like bebop changes or hard bop changes or you know Ornette Coleman changes. You know, it's it's it, it is a very accessible album. I would argue though that um, there are vocal albums that are probably more uh, accessible. Like Frank Sinatra, you know, like if you like pop music, like start with Frank Sinatra because he's a pop singer backed by a jazz band. Yeah, you know. Or, uh, 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 you know. There's a drama of them, yes. Uh, everything on this record sounds really tight, yeah. performed by the greats. Yeah, it's all improvised, but like the way, the, the, the musicianship with which they improvise, it's like so meticulous and like it sounds like it's written out and composed, but it's like not. You know, it's very free form. Bill Evans, who uh, co wrote two tracks, mm -hmm. kind of blue. Um, blue and green. What's that? Blue and green. Yeah. And I uh, forget the other one. Yeah, when you, we have Bill Evans and John Coltrane. You kind of ball out earlier. Yeah. Just, it's, you know that you're doing something right. Right. And Miles Davis, of course, is one of the greats. Um, Little uh, factoid about Miles Davis. When he was, I forget who his uh, instructor was, but he got a very signature sound in his playing style. He's very associated with like a flat tone, not a lot of vibrato at all. And his instructor told him, like, hey, man, everybody's doing the vibrato thing. Just let the notes speak for themselves. And that's, like, his, his sound is unmistakable because he's, like, the only guy. It's like for guitar, too. You see it on guitar. It's like everybody wants to, like, do the thing. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like I had to, like, I wore a rubber band around my wrist for a little while. And when I would catch myself, do it. I'd snap myself so I wouldn't. <laughs> I could, uh, Number nine, kind of blue, Miles Davis. Uh, moving on. Because uh, there's just so many, and we could spend a ton of time in this. We want to get to the interview as yes, well. Yes. Chick Corea, uh, Return to Forever. Mm. So I, I never heard this, and I had to listen uh, before the show. Um, and you, you talked about elevator music. Mm. And, you know, there, it's not elevator music. Nope. I'm just saying there, there's moments there where you can you could see, like, how, like, that kind of progresses over time. It's like you know, the sausage making process of music where yeah. like someone would take that sound and be like, oh, that would sound really good here. And right. then that turns into something else, which turns into something else, which turns into something else. And before you know it, you're on an elevator like. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, but again, it's worth emphasizing that this trick Korea is anything but elevator music. Yeah. But, um, and this is, I don't, I don't know that Trick Korea belongs on this list of for beginners because- It's not, it's very complicated. Yeah, his, his playing style, I mean, he was an, a master. He was an artist and he just recently passed and uh, um, would have loved to have had him on this show, but- uh, He declined. He, <laughs> many times. <laughs> uh, he was a master and he, you know, his playing style like spoke to that, you know, the, and this is where it kind of gets to be like, oh, like snooty jazz musicians who think they know about everything, and it's like a special club or whatever, and they all wear suits and stuff. You're wearing a suit. Again, I, I, thought, this, point that out. I thought this was the Blues Brothers broadcast. Um, <laughs> but his playing style spoke to those people, and it was like, it's, it's you know, when you think about, about music as a language and genres as, as their own, like, dialects, right? Like, this is a very specific, and his dialect is like understood by it's enjoyed by millions but understood like really strongly by you know far fewer people which web website did we get this from um i believe it was like vinyl vinyl me please vinyl me please uh yeah so with some of the notes here uh as soon as the title track opens which i agree with this 100 percent, you know you're in something different here because it's like a slow walk into this like ethereal like keyboard driven afterlife calm gorgeous and it's got these textures of sound that you know definitely mm -hmm. you know take you somewhere else that um, was another thing too is that the way he revolutionized the piano and the keyboard and the electric keyboard him alongside of herbie hancock um they really took the synthesizer to they they brought it into like they elevated it yeah but not in an elevator it, it, it takes a couple of listens to kind of listen and to, to hear what's actually going on. And um, I, it's kind of like when I listen to Co John Coltrane, Love Supreme, and you've got the, the two-minute drum solo. You know, I love it <laughs> as a musician. <laughs> yeah. But someone else, and maybe comment below on what you think. 
someone else that's never really listened to jazz before and be like, why is this happening? It's a very long drum solo. Or why does it sound like it's not in time? It is in time. It sounds amazing. To me, it sounds amazing. But like you know, the drummer is constantly pushing and pulling time and falling all over itself. <coughs> Same thing here with uh, the ethereal sound. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and this album, and we'll get to, to some other ones too on this list that where time becomes a, uh, a thing. So like there's a, a certain period uh, in, the, in music or in jazz and specifically where you know you think about music and you think about pitch and pitch goes like this, right? But then mm -hmm. you think about time and not a lot of experimentation had happened with time up until like around this era and like time goes like this. And so like you start to see and hear drummers who are very liberal with the way they manipulate the meter, the way they manipulate the tempo, but like somehow keep it locked in. You, uh, you met Dan. Uh, my Dan. You're, you have a Dan? The Birdman. A oh, Birdman, sure. Bird. bird. Um, he's a drummer and he took a lesson from, um, for his birthday when he was like 17, his parents bought him a uh, drum lesson with uh, Billy Martin. That's uh, manager of New York Yankees. No, uh, of Modesky, Martin, and Wood. Okay. They're no like idea. a jazz fusion trio. And okay. that was the content of the lesson is how to solo but not sound like you're soloing. Or how to uh, solo out of time, and it's like using the drum set to speak. It's it's it's. There's like a, you ask a drummer. There's like a whole field of study to this. Here, yeah. You're playing rock and roll. You're playing anything else. It's very like one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Even some rock. I mean, it's you, 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 there's no liberties really. Well, today there. you just set up a click track and that's it. That's it. Uh, anything else about Mr. Korea? Um, just that I almost went to see him once when I lived in Philly, and then I was like, ah, I'll get him next time. There was no next time. There was never a no next sorry time. sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, coming in number seven, we've got uh, Chet Baker with uh, Chet Baker Sings. So this is one of the oldest albums on the list. I want to spend a little time on this because of this one quote that I found. Okay. I love this quote. Uh, Chet Baker, uh, who passed away in 1988, once said, I don't know whether I'm a trumpet player who sings or a singer who plays a trumpet. I love that. Yeah. Because if you listen to him, it's like he's got this crooning, calm, amazing voice. And then you hear him play, you're like, actually, I had to do a double take the first time I heard it. I was like, is that? It sounds like an alto female almost it's, sometimes. It doesn't sound like it would be him yeah. doing it, right? Yeah. But it is. He's got such a sweet voice. Um, one of my favorites is uh, you fall in, I Fall in Love Too Easily. Great. His version of My Funny Valentine, great. My Funny Valentine, yeah. Great That's voice. what comes up right away for me. And, um, you know, his trumpet playing, too. And you could say the same thing. Maybe Louis Armstrong might have said that at one point, yeah. too. Although I think a lot of people would argue that he was a much better trumpet player than I would think singer. so, yeah. considering that he, like, spawned a whole generation of musicians. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and a genre. Yeah. Um, yes, the oldest album on this list. Um, this says it's probably one of the most accessible jazz albums. Yeah, and because I, I would argue, I would agree, because there's vocals on it. And you agree with the list. I agree with this part of this list. This one line. The, I agree with that line. I don't disagree with everything so far. I, I agree with that the kind of blue should be on here, but I agree with that this is an accessible jazz album because it's a vocal album. And when people dip their toes into the waters of jazz, they're usually coming from like pop or something else that has words. Okay. Unless they're coming from like the classical realm, which I'll mention well, one of our next ones. Okay. Teaser. So this specific um, piece that we're talking about is actually his debut as a vocalist, mm. uh, following a number of records with his talents and brass instruments. But uh, his, his story is tragic. Mm. He suffered from um, drug use, which you know was probably shortened his lifespan. He died in 1988, probably a little bit too young. Um, and he, you know, he's, he was like the epitome of cool jazz from like the West Coast. Mm. Um, probably one of the most famous trumpeters of his time. Yeah, okay. it was up there. There were quite a few. But he played with, with the greats. Yeah. You know, Ch um, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, Jerry Mulligan, a uh, bunch of people. I mean, just too many. I think, per personally, like just listening to him and then like listening to the way that these songs are put together, um, this is definitely the most accessible out of this whole list. Because you, you, because of the melody, because yeah. of then the music behind it and musicianship, anybody that's coming from what you said, the pop realm, into this will be like, cool. These yeah. are put together songs. I can kind of understand it. And um, yeah, true. And accessible. If, if you think, too, about like what 
what is it specifically about their being vocals that people can relate to? It's the words. It's the words themselves. Like sometimes, you know, we as humans just don't know how to feel about something, especially if there's no words attached to it. So, you know, like when we listen to like, uh, I, I don't know, uh, Lady Gaga, we're like, okay, I'm supposed to feel this way because she says I should feel this way. Right. Whereas if we listen to something without words and nobody's telling us how to feel, like we're left to our own devices, we're like, ah, and a lot of us just get scared and we just. Yeah. Well, there's Skip. no formula in right. a lot. Not necessarily this, but some of this other stuff. There's no formula there. They're just, they, they made the formula. It right. was their own concoction. Yes. Their own bitches brew. Ah, a great album. Not on this list. No, it's not. But it is an accessible album for people who are into rock. Like, so, because Miles Davis was looking for, he was inspired by Jimi Hendrix at that time. Oh, he, I didn't know he that. loved what Jimmy would, was doing with electric uh, guitar, and he got some of that in the jazz world. I forget who he played with on that. A bunch we of learned guys. something right there. There's like a, a non-net, 11 people on that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to six now, because we got to keep this moving. Uh, Out to Lunch, Eric Dolphy. Yeah, this is not an accessible album. <laughs> this is not an album. I love how we years. went from accessible to not accessible. This is like very far from it. This is a very like... Again, the, the, the list that we're going from is 10 best jazz albums for jazz beginners, according to what website? Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl, Vinyl Me please. please. I'm going to forget that again. Please, I keep that on the sidelines. Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please. It's a great name for a website, but... It is. Uh, but yeah, this is, in your opinion, not the most accessible. Why? No. Uh, let's, no. let's move well, on quickly I mean, from you that. know, the Eric Dolphy, incredible musician, um, bass clarinetist, amongst other things. Um, it, it, it was, it's like, it's kind of sounds like music that's created for musicians um, to enjoy and listen to. And, you know, you get that vibe when you're listening to, I forget what track it was I heard earlier, but um, it's very reactive. Um, it's great. I, I love it because it's like the, the, the members of the band are conversing with each other through their instruments and you could just hear them talking to each other through music and like they, you know, uh, Dolphy will say something and the drums will say something back and it's like extremely reactive in that way and it's really cool it's a very dynamic process and you can tell like that improvisation which by the way is the heart and soul of jazz uh, is so alive and well in these recordings but it's not very accessible to people who are used to like formulas and and like words and uh, you know even just Base tonality, <laughs> like yep. major chord or, or minor chord. No, we're gonna throw you this dominant seven flat nine sharp eleven, and you decide what to do with but that. But this, this, uh, these guys or, or gals are saying um, uh, this is the perfect balance of straight ahead jazz with some out there tendencies. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but straight ahead jazz. You, straight ahead is your kind of stuff. I went through the whole band just there. Okay. <laughs> Spling. Yeah. Um, that's my piano impression. Uh, yeah, I would say more towards those uh, out there tendencies, um, as with one other album I saw on this okay. list. Um, but uh, again, musicians love it. Yeah. Um, well, that's Kevin's taking that. We're going to move to number five, uh, Anthony Braxton. Uh, with the Montreux Berlin concert. Yeah, I'm not so familiar with I'm this. Not familiar album. with this at all. We can't spend a lot of time in this. No, it's good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> someone out there is going. Why? That was my <laughs> favorite one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, number four, Wayne Shorter. Speak no evil. I love Wayne Shorter. Um, Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Ain't nothing. Yeah, tell me why. Uh, uh, Wayne Shorter is a master saxophonist. That's why. Um, he's a. Uh, he he played with uh, Miles, I think, in his second quintet. Um, and uh, I think it's um, Footprints. You got Herbie Hancock, Ron Carter, uh, Freddie Hubbard, and Elvin Jones. Speaking of even, it was a super esque kind of super group. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those guys were in Miles's second quintet. I believe Elvin Jones and uh, Herbie were. Uh, Freddie Hubbard, no. But um, I think Footprints is on this album. That's one of my favorite uh, jazz tunes of all time. It's a 3-4 blues in C minor. Beautiful. Wayne Shorter would go on later to play with The Weather Report, uh, Jacob Pistorius. 
Um, and I was turned on to that uh, and just jazz. In middle school, we had um, our, our middle school, uh, we had a video broadcast every day um, from like the, uh, the technology wing, mm -hmm. students doing like our ETV, Eisenhower Television. Um, and the theme song for that was um, I forget the name of the song now, but it's by the Weather Report. Did you have to pay any royalties for that? Birdland, um, and probably not. It's probably way off key. You didn't, get, uh, you didn't get muted in the middle of your recording by Mark Zuckerberg, a, a two-year-old Mark Zuckerberg. No, uh, I hope not. <laughs> but uh, it turned out that our, our our middle school director of like technology was like a really hip dude. <laughs> who just loved jazz and jazz fusion, which the Weather Report was a part of. But this album, Wayne Shorter, um, yeah, this this is I think what people associate with like, I mean, jazz more specifically, hard bop, um, just your straight ahead, four on the floor, except for that one and three four. Okay. Um, very just straight ahead jazz. Number three, we have uh, Bill Evans. The complete Village Vanguard recording, 1961. Bill, Bill Evans, my favorite uh, jazz pianist. Uh, he's one of my favorite jazz pianists. It's really hard um, to say which. Uh, Bill Evans to me is like the Debussy of jazz. Ooh. Um, and it's. I think this belongs on the list because if you're coming from maybe a classical world, then this might be accessible to you because of. The, how heavily he not draws from, but his influence, his, his, his compositions are influenced by the Romantic era classical uh, repertoire. Um, you know, the, the, the harmonies, the, the, the chords, harmonies, um, very, very lush, very colorful, very um, expressive things that uh, the Romantic era were known for. And you know his playing style. You can hear shades of Debussy. You can hear shades of Chopin. You know it's um, it's really beautiful stuff. But what's really cool about it to me is that it's there's so much improvisation that he just picks out on the fly. You know, while like some guys were like there with pen and paper, like well, I'm going to play this note on this chord, yep. and it's going to sound like this. Bill Evans was like, bam, yeah, there it is. And like the kind of blues sessions were like that too. Yeah, yeah. This is a three-disc live collection. That's that's probably pretty cool to listen to. Mm. It, live is the way to go. I miss live music. Mm. First thing I'm going to do when pandemic is over is fish and MSG. I'm going to go see fish with Kevin. Yes. You number heard it here first. Number two, brilliant corners. Thelonious Monk. Yes. So uh, my the other monk. my other favorite. Um, yeah. Pianist. Um, you, almost, you almost put yourself in the corner there. Yeah. Baby. Uh, nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> Um, my cat is named after Thelonious Monk. Oh, wait a second. Yes. A lot of people think he's named after Theo Katzman. I, that's what I thought. Of the band Wolfpack. That was just a happy accident, which we're both also a fan of. But that would be a, that would make more sense. His Theo Katzman, because it's it's a cat, and that's a thing to do. Apparently, if you're a cat owner, right, you uh, name yourself like funny, punny cat names, like Theo Katzman. Yeah. Yeah, right. But also, his full name is Thelonious uh, Death Eater Bagar. Oh, that's... I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. It's his middle name. Why Death Eater? It's from Harry Potter. Got it. So why Thelonious Monk? And do you think that this belongs in this list? Brilliant Corners. Um, Most accessible. Beginner... Jazz tunes for beginner jazz people. Uh, he, he's disagreeing with it. Uh, he's getting up there. I mean, yes and no. I mean, uh, Thelonious Monk's playing style is, in my opinion, pretty accessible. He's not classically trained. He's self-taught. He, he and like you can hear it in the way he plays. Not that it's like unsophisticated or anything, but like he's got such a unique his own style, and. Um, just that, I think, you know, with, with that lack of, like, snooty background makes it kind of like, it, it, it's, it's more aligned, I think, with, like, blues. He relies a lot on, like, dissonance, like, harsh strikes of dissonance um, that kind of just, like, hit you when you hear it. Um, is it really accessible? Uh, no. 
it doesn't it doesn't like it often doesn't sound pretty um, but it is uh, it is great it's great brilliant well yeah I mean it this um, this gets five songs on this uh, album mm. and uh, the opener was pieced together from over two dozen takes yeah it's like the Beatles of jazz uh, and he's yeah I mean like I have to say, I, I again, I am not the the jazz, the jazz guy on this. Yes, I, I appreciate it tremendously. Like listening to it prior to the show, uh, show. I mean, I take that. It's very liberal. Um, take that for what you want. This is a show. Take it. Just take it. And smash that like button. Oh, we need to talk about that. You got to destroy it. <laughs> uh, if every week we do this, we talk about the, the the ten greatest somethings, and you must tune in to watch that. And we'll, we'll, we're, we are doing more interviews, but we've got one more to go before we talk about that more. Uh, number one on this list of the ten most uh, accessible, best jazz albums for jazz beginners if you've never listened to jazz, according to some person on a website, and the website is uh, vinyl. Vinyl me, please. Vinyl me, please. Me vinyl. Is um, the shape of jazz to come? No, <laughs> it's not. No, no, it's not. It's not. Ornette Coleman was. Uh, it's a great album. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's a little longs on the top ten list of any jazz albums, but not this one for beginners. Ornette Coleman, his whole thing was getting into free jazz, which is you take jazz, which you know, and throw it off a mountaintop. It was like barely accessible, you know, to a lot of people. And like found a way to make it even less accessible by um, like taking a lot of the compositional elements out of it and just saying like, okay, let's start on this note and I'll meet you at the end <laughs> ten minutes later. And uh, you know, maybe it's you, you take I might be this over, journey, and by the time you end up it. there, yeah, you've completed the journey, and now you're ready. It's like the best for beginners because it's different and it's maybe gonna change their uh, preconceived notion of jazz. Yeah, so I mean, like, here's a list to get you into jazz, and here's something that's the furthest thing from it. <laughs> Not really the furthest thing, but like the, the furthest outreach of it. Uh, if, if jazz was a Star Wars galaxy, this would be the planet Exegol. Well, according to this, it's, it's, it's extremely palatable okay. uh, to anyone ready to season their ears with songs that change the way jazz was composed. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get more of that here every single week. That was the 10 most best perfect jazz albums for jazz beginners. Most best perfect <laughs> balsamic vinegar flavored jazz albums. Yeah. And that's that. Uh, we Before we move on to our, um, oh, we've got a monthly desk conference coming up in 10 minutes. Oh, jeez. Totally forgot about that. OK. Uh, we, have a, we have an interview. That is uh, that we're gonna have to go to, okay. and then we'll figure that out. Sure. Uh, so why don't we why don't we uh, why don't we cue that up, and um, check this out. This is uh, Julian Messenger. I'm very excited about this. It is my pleasure to be joined by such an amazing talent, someone who I've known a very long time and I haven't seen in a long time. I am absolutely thrilled to be joined here with uh, Julian Messenger, who we have a long history together, but a short history together. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, she is a vocalist, songwriter, and producer. She is w world renowned and has the uh, sultry voice that I think you're going to be falling in love with as soon as we start listening to music. And that's the thing here, folks. She's joined to <laughs> the left of me. We're gonna be listening to some of your music today. Uh, Julia, thank you so much for being part of the show today. I am deeply grateful. How are you? Oh, I'm great. And I'm I'm thrilled to be here and to say hello again to you. And um, I've been watching what you've been doing over the years and I'm so impressed, um, you know, with what you're building and doing there. Like, it's incredible to see that. And I love social media that we can connect that way. I know. <laughs> now, if you haven't figured this out already, folks, uh, uh, Julia is uh, not from America. Uh, so if, if, if she's sitting in, in, where exactly are you in Australia right now? Are you on a plane, by the way? Because it sounds like you are. Oh, no, there's actually a plane, which is very rare because there's no planes anymore. There's a plane. Yeah. Do, do they <laughs> Wonderful. get rid of planes in, in Australia? Where well, we? not many. 
Yeah, no, no, we're in Melbourne. So we're in Melbourne, Australia. So I'm in the oh. heart of Melbourne. I'm in a, su- a suburb called Brunswick, which is a bit, bit like, um, it's likened to Williamsburg, Brooklyn, that sort of, you know, area. Um, mm. And yeah, we don't have many planes coming in because of COVID. So we have um, Australians coming back or people who need to come here for work. But other than that, we don't have many planes. And it's very quiet in the sky I, normally. I did not know that. Uh, Australia, if you didn't know this, is both a continent and a country, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, enough about Australia. Let's talk about you. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you're sick of that. Um, what I didn't know, Julia, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but you have um, you've appeared alongside some huge names, Amy Winehouse, uh, Nora Jones, and Moby. Have you written songs alongside them, produced? Like, what what have you done uh, with with no. these gigantic names? So basically, my songs have been uh, have appeared on compilations with those oh, artists. Man, yeah. yeah, yeah. So which is a which is a very big honor and privilege, of course. <laughs> As an independent artist, for that to happen, it's pretty amazing. And talk to me about the the type of music that you do. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with it, but I'd, I'd love for you to describe it for the folks that are listening today. Okay. Well, um, I'm multi-genre, so it's quite difficult to describe what I do. Um, but I I I dabble in pop. Um, the the new EP that I'm I'm about to release is called Art Pop. So it's like pop, but it's a little bit arty. Um, I do world music with Klaus Schulze. It was electronic world music. Um, I do um, EDM vocals for electronic music artists. So I collaborate a lot with artists. Um, I also really enjoy singing and and arranging jazz music. So I do that as well. Yeah. So electronic jazz is is how I sum it up quickly. But I also do... um, I love singing in country bands as a guest artist if they ask me. Oh. <laughs> I love all music that's good. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Well, now, is that the, the current version of country or is that like the more, the more old Western band? Pick up a no, band more the or... current. More the current version. More no, definitely current, not. Yeah. Definitely not. No, more. I'm thinking more Alison Krauss, that sort of uh, stuff. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, the, yeah. the new stuff, yeah. I try to explain it to people when they talk about country music here. And they say, I love country music. I'm like, well, which which brand? And they're like, oh, well, I like the new stuff. Because every yeah. single, um, not every, but many artists moved from the New York area many years ago uh, down south to, to because that's where the songwriting was. That's where the, the gigs were. And I, I actually, some of my instructors moved down there. And, and that's, you can kind of hear that infusion over time in the last 20 years of just like how it became so polished and like this newer version of country. Not it's so polished. It's, yeah, it's it's, it it's actually like really difficult to write. It's real. It's more pop. It's actually more pop. And Keith Urban, actually, the Australian, has a lot to do with that, I think, as well, because his sound is quite pop. Um, and there's a lot of Australians now living in Nashville. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, but I just love using my voice in different ways. So that's really the context of what I was saying. Um, and I'm lucky that I'm able to. So yeah. So pre when we were talking before, um, we were talking about Klaus Schulze. Did I get that right? Yeah. Right. Klaus Schulze. <laughs> you, did. I, I you. you did very well, though. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people just say Klaus Schulze, and you said Klaus Schulze, so that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But you've, you've been able to um, be very close to um, uh, Mr. Klaus and uh, work with him a little bit, eh? Yes. So I've done a few albums with him, actually. Um, uh, so, yeah, lots of – and their soundscapes – it's basically, for me, it feels like world music. I get to sing um, in different scales and stuff like that. It's all improvised over his electronic music. So it's very dreamy and soundscapey um, stuff. Yeah. And I can just express myself. So, yeah, I love doing. I just love singing, you know. Your voice is incredible. I'd love to, um, I'd love to spend a little bit of time listening to this new track that you did. Did you record this in your home studio or your, your, not your home studio, but your studio? Yeah, so that was in my home studio and also some of the, I've got friends in Germany, so the drums and the bass were in German studios. Oh, are they real drums? Or are they just, are they programmed? Yes, like, yes, they're, they're real drums, here. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not electronic. 
This is called Fly Away, right? Fly Bird. Fly, fly bird. bird. Fly Bird, sorry. Now, is this recorded during the, the beginnings of the pandemic? No, this is before. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's time to release it. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's another track on, because I'm listening um, on Spotify, and um, there's another track that you actually talk about flying away or you're singing about that. Is that like around the same time? Oh, that's Bird on a Wire, is it? Might be. But I, I was just listening to you before this, and um, I, I, I caught that. No, that's. I think that's. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't listen to my own songs. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's hard to listen to yourself. It's hard to listen. That's what my daughter says all the time. It's hard to listen to myself talk. And I'm like, well, yeah. imagine listening to yourself singing over and over again. We both know you need to fly. I know it's you right away. This, there's a there's a quality to your voice that I that I'll always remember. It's it's a very specific quality that I can't put to words right now. It's a it's a it's an approach. It's it's silky. That's cool. You like went to a little middle eight part there. Yeah. So what's your approach to song songwriting? Is it just like, like, cause you've been doing it for a long time and we both, I actually, I have to admit, I don't do it anymore, but um, what is your approach? Like, do you, what is, what does it take for you to get inspired? Are you always inspired? Some people are just like that. No, I'm not always inspired. No. Um, I find it very difficult to actually sometimes to be inspired. So I find that um, different things can make me write a good song. So I could be just sitting at the piano and just finding ideas just with my fingers and then a melody will come and then sometimes words comes, come immediately. Um, other times I'd have to sit at my studio and just find different sounds that inspire me like a synth sound or a drum sound or something and then I'll, I'll think of a melody that will float a, a, along it. Um, so yeah, it's always different and sometimes it just comes from words. So I just write in a journal and um, sometimes when I write in a journal, I'm aware of a song coming out. So I make sure it's concise and um, easy to edit later on because I know I'll probably put that in a song. Um, yeah, so it can happen through just words, through just a melody. Um, yeah, through the piano, is, uh, uh, you know, or, or through my studio. Is that answer yeah. your question oh, yeah no it, it totally does um i i find that that inspiration comes in um in bursts do you find that it's a, it's an expression for like pain or is it an expression of happiness like what is it for you like how what is it besides the joy you know what does it do for you is there any like emotional connection that goes deeper yeah so um I don't have a lot of emotional pain right now and that's sort of a problem <laughs> um, because when, you know, when you're younger, you have a lot of emotional pain and, and, and stuff really needs to come out. Um, so now it's a different way because my life is different. It's not, um, it's a lot smoother. Um, and also, as you would know, you know, life gets in the way. There are things you have to do to survive. And, um, you know, you've got your business to run and you've, you've got your kids and stuff like that. And, you know, I've got my, my own things going on. And so it's difficult to always be in the space of songwriting. And I think you really have to clear space for songwriting. So um, I teach singing. I teach singing on, um, and I try and be really oh, okay. specific. Yeah, so I try and teach it only on Saturdays and only on Tuesdays. And then the, then I have Wednesday, Thursday and Friday just to clear the space, um, you know, and, you know, hopefully I don't have to do other things on those days and I can actually have the space to sit in my studio by myself. And if I have that space, then things usually come. So for all this time, when I met you, it was, I can't remember the name of the, um, the conference. 
It was some sort of music conference. I think it was the New York Film and Music, Global Film and Music Summit or something like that. That, that, that could very well be it. But I, yeah. That, that time was a blur for me. But uh, you were one of the speakers. I remember, I don't remember how we started talking. I was there by myself just trying to figure out where I was going to be going with my life. That's right around the time I started the business. Did not know what I was doing. The music industry has changed so much since then, right? So much. It's like, you can, I try to describe it to people and, and I can't, I can't, it's, it's, it's so hard to describe what happened. We still had CDs back then, basically. Um, iTunes was starting to become a reality that we had to deal with. Mm. Napster, all those things were starting to erupt, you know, the file sharing industry. So how have you been able to, to remain a viable musician these all these years besides the teaching the teaching i mean obviously is what we do here but uh, what, yeah. what have you done well i've only started teaching in the last few years and and that's just because i enjoy it so i'm very lucky um and and then i realized oh gee i've actually got quite a bit of money so that was great you know um you know so the teaching i try not to let the teaching become a part of me because uh, as you would know that takes a lot and it takes away from you a lot because you're giving and giving and I love to give and I love my students. Um, but then I realize I've got to also give to myself, which is why I create space. Um, but the music industry's changed a lot and, and the because of technology and the technology's also changed a lot. So if you remember, we had MySpace. I mean, MySpace oh. was beautiful and easy. It was so easy. I had like 14,000 fans in a minute. Yeah. And then that all changed and went to Facebook and it's like, I don't know how to use Facebook. Suddenly I was on Facebook and I'm only just now starting to go, oh, you actually have to work it. Yep. <laughs> you know, like you didn't have to do anything on MySpace. You just had to have put a few photos up and your music up and people came to you somehow. I don't know how that happened. I um, remember MySpace as being a place where I just, yeah, I actually made money from MySpace. Definitely. hundred percent. Um, yeah. Well, I, I know a few of my friends, I think, from MySpace, musical friends now. So, um, yeah, MySpace was a really good music connection hub. And unfortunately, that just died. Um, so, yeah, so now it's it's all about, you know, Instagram and TikTok, as you would know, you're doing great on TikTok and, um, you know, other platforms like that. So it's and it, it'll change again. So <laughs> you just got to keep up with it. And look, the reason I'm still doing it is because that's all I, I want to do. That's all I want to do. So, and I've not compromised. So, yeah. I, I'm in such an admirer. I've, I've watched you all these years doing all these things, releasing um, all these tracks. And um, it's become a singles driven industry. What that means, if you're not familiar, you know, albums aren't as relevant um, as they were you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So singles really are where it's at. Is that what you're doing with these with these tunes here on Spotify? Yeah, so um, I, I'm actually just releasing two singles and then I'm going to just put out the whole EP. That's how I'm going to do it for this for this thing. Yeah. Um, but see, what you're listening to now, you listen to my Spotify channel, right? Yeah. It, see, that's a dance tune, which I, which I really like. Um, but it, they seem to have, the dance tunes have taken over my Spotify. So I'm trying to get um, more of me on Spotify because I love, I mean, I, the dance tunes, I just write those in a day, record them and send the vocals off to the producer. You know, that's, um, they're fun. I love them, but um, I'd like my own stuff more on there, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so with, with all these things, so you've been able to, um, even through the pandemic, I'm here in the States, uh, music has been completely shut down. Have you performed at all? Um, I have actually, I actually was asked to perform um, six gigs recently, um, but I chose not to because I want to record. I actually want to focus on my next project, with this, which is a jazz project actually. Um, and I just didn't want to take away my energy um, from my creative space. I find doing gigs is great, but I, um, it does take a lot of time. Um, and I wanted to prioritise what I was, you know, where, where I'm going next. Um, so I do, uh, in Melbourne, I do boutique gigs. I've got a really big gig coming up at the, um, at the art centre and um, I do those gigs once or twice a year. So they're more, um, 
you know, they're catering to a, an audience that sits down and listens and has, you know, allocated seats. They get sold out, you know, a few few weeks before. That sort of show is what I like to do with really great musicians. Um, yeah, I'm not, I used to gig a lot um, and there's a lot of around here, there's a lot of, um, you know, places to gig, um, but they don't pay a lot of money. They're more smaller venues and the people I play with are really expensive. <laughs> so I, I can't really do those small gigs. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting, getting back to the music. Uh, so there's another single on here, I Miss You, uh, on the Spotify. Yes. That, that I, I was playing right now. So you've just released this as well. Uh, not this one. Yeah, I miss, I've just released I Miss You. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I didn't just release I Miss You. I Miss You is actually an older song of mine, but I just remastered it and pushed a little bit. Yeah. I remember when you were talking about chill music. You're like the queen of chill, right? Is that what they call you? Yes, yes. That's Where'd what they did call me. That's yeah, what they yeah. Did call you. So, yeah, yeah. That was years ago. And the reason that happened was because um, I don't even know where that quote came from now. I've got to find it. But um, it was the record company at the time. <clears throat> um, and I was the first, one of the, I think I was the first. They told me at this record company with Universal in LA, they told me I was the first chill out singer in Australia, in America, sorry, it was the genre was only just starting, but now it's everywhere. So um, that's why I was called the Queen of Chill because they didn't have any other, there was no one else doing it at the time. I wonder then, did you get plays on Sirius XM? Because I used to listen to Chill all the time when I first opened Real Brave, um, 2005, 2006, I used to have Sirius XM over the, all the time. Did you get, um, were you on Sirius XM radio? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, Definitely lots of Pandora. That's similar, isn't it? We don't have those here. We don't have Sirius here, so I don't really know. Oh. Um, but but I do get um, checks from the Pandora. Yeah, so I don't know if that's all the same thing. I don't know. Oh, it's definitely yeah. different. I don't know if it's a different company, different owner, but um, yeah, I mean, satellite radio is uh, Sirius XM. But I definitely right. was playing that on, like, constantly, all the time, and... Um, yeah it, it was it's a very specific genre this is more dance though right yeah yeah that's a cool i really like that song actually but it's yeah it's not one of my singer songwriter ones i love it this is great so so what's next for you where, where are you going in this in this trips around the sun you're how many thousands of miles away from me right now where are you going and uh are you ever coming back to the states oh yes um well my sister as you know lived in brooklyn for many years um uh but she's just sold her place there unfortunately so she's uh, back here now so i don't have a pad like i did as easily uh, <laughs> um uh but yeah no of course I mean, I'd love to go to Nashville too, and I'd love to see what that's all about. I'd love to go to New Orleans. There's things I definitely want to do. But in terms of music, I do most of my music with European. I've, I've built a career more in Europe than America, um, even though I've got a lot of American listeners, so which is really nice. Um, but, yeah, it's more, more a European thing for me. If I had to travel for music, I'd probably go there. Um, yeah, and so next for me, though, is, a, is an album here in, Mel in Melbourne with fantastic musicians that I'm really excited to be working with. So um, I'm still compiling all of them, but and I'm still compiling my ideas. That's what I'm working on now. You've you've had a ton of success. I um, I totally admire you. And um, it's it's I I think you should be really proud of what you've done. What would you <laughs> what would you tell to the next generation of musicians? Uh, uh, if they want to be a songwriter? Um, that's interesting. Write a lot for a start um, and study other people's songs and get in a community of people who are also doing what you're doing. Maybe start a band with people so that you can, um, you know, start the process of songwriting and co-writing. Um, that's very inspiring to be in a band because you have to write songs to be in a band, of course. Um, so that gives you a push to do it. Um, yeah, so 
also get lessons. I really would say get lessons um, of, you know, perhaps piano lessons would be a great thing to get or guitar lessons if you want to become a songwriter. Um, and if you're if you want to become a vocalist, definitely get singing lessons. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say. You heard it here first. She said get lessons at Real Brave. So if you didn't know this already, <laughs> we are worldwide and you can. Hey, did you have you checked out Practice Pad at all? I have. It looks amazing. I can't believe what you've done. It's, it's incredible. It's insane. I don't sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's we're in a, we're in a place where yes, if you want to, um, it's not necessary though. Like you don't have to take lessons, but I highly highly suggest it because somebody like Julia, or someone like myself, or anybody that you know any anybody any good teacher uh, will be able to guide you in the right direction. Last question for you regarding lessons, though. I think this is a good one because I love mm. I love to ask this to people when I'm interviewing them uh, for mm. a job. Uh, do you have to be a great musician to be a great teacher? Oh, gee, do you have to be a great musician to be a great teacher? I probably don't think so. Um, you definitely have to know your craft inside and out, though. I think to be a good teacher. Um, so I know my craft inside and out. I feel with singing, I can teach you any style. Um, and I feel really confident that I can, um, hear a voice and get the best out of a voice and every voice is different. So it's never the same issues I find, even though I have the same technique that I guide them through. Um, yeah. So, ah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> not, what was I gonna, saying? I don't know. I'm not going to hire you now. I mean, it's, it's the, you didn't answer the question. Oh, okay. Ask the question again. Ask the question again. I think you did pretty good. All right. Do you have to be a great teacher? No. Do you have to be a great musician to be a great teacher? I blew the question too. Uh, that's just such a tough one. I, okay. Personally, I didn't have piano lessons and I didn't have guitar lessons and I do write and I do play piano. So, you know, but I have taught myself and I and and that's a good thing to have done. But I do wish that I had piano lessons and I do wish that I had guitar lessons. So let's uh -huh. just say that. Yeah, let's just say that. Um, uh, with singing, I am so grateful. I went to a lot of different singing teachers, though, before I found, um, uh, you know, the man who taught me and uh, who I really love and, and actually was able to really impart his knowledge to me. Um, so it's also about finding the right fit. Yeah. Someone that inspires, mm. motivates you. Bring yeah. you to the next level. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap this up. This uh, has been a great, and I can't believe it's been almost 20 years. Um, no, it's been maybe 15. 15 years. Let's uh, say 12. Years. Let's say five. <laughs> uh, please check out juliamessenger.com. Uh, you can also go to instagram.com slash juliamessengermusic. It's such a great name. It's almost better than mine, Dan Powers. Uh, That's a pretty cool name. It's pretty yeah. good, but I actually like Julia Messenger better. Something about that okay. for, for a musician is is great. And um, yes, Instagram. Go to Instagram right now. Uh, please follow her. And um, I, I'll ask you this off the air too, but are you on Clubhouse? I am. I just joined. And then I saw you and Dov speaking about it. I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but the problem for me is because I'm in Australia, I wake up and I get, I wake up and all these conversations have passed. I and, know. you know, so, and, and I wanted to actually join, you can tell him, Dov's um, songwriting thing, but it's at 2 a.m. here for me. So I'm like. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he's in, uh, yeah. in the UK, right? Yeah. 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 He's, you know, he said, it's great. We've got Canada and we've got, it's so international. It's like, well, you forgot about Australia. Well, we need to make sure that uh, you get in touch with him somehow. Uh, if you haven't done that already, I'll help you do that. He's a good guy. Yeah. And um, yes, I want to see you on Clubhouse so we can continue this conversation because I've met so many people on Clubhouse. It's great. Ridiculous. ridiculous. I'll go and add you now. Yes, please do that. And um, I don't just talk about like music lessons and all that it's I'm, I'm in, in a couple different aspects and uh, looking for musicians actually looking for musicians to talk more about music and the music industry uh, specifically online lessons too but it doesn't have to be that um, I'm happy to talk about online lessons I, right. I mean I love doing them yeah okay all right well we're gonna yeah. do that we're gonna wrap this up here Julia Messenger Music, please go check that out. Instagram and uh, Julia Messenger, juliamessenger.com. Go to Spotify, check it out there. It's great. We're going to post a link here 
uh, in the Real Brave Live, uh, who's a Mowatsi, and follow her now. She's amazing. And uh, my good friend, Julia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dan. It's been wonderful to see you again. Uh, so crazy. good. We haven't <laughs> aged a day, right? Sure. Not at all. No. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you. You stay right there. All right, you're good. All right. Uh, <laughs> back at it. Hey, that was some good stuff. Hey, man. They they call me uh, Jimmy Kimmel. She's great. Yes, Julie is an old friend, and uh, it was a thrill to be able to talk to her again after such a long departure of, of not being able to talk. But um, we were, you know, the beauty of, of social media is we've been able to speak there, but not, we haven't seen each other in a long time. And to catch up and to find out what she's doing in music and how she's doing it and all that stuff. Please check it out. Julia, Mes Julia Messenger Music on Instagram and Facebook and, of course, juliamessenger.com. And um, Julia, thank you. That was amazing. What you, uh, what'd you think of that? I loved it. Um, we got to listen to music. We were talking about jazz too, and that was like the electric jazz yeah. that whole thing. She's, got, she's sort of a, a jazz singer. She's got that kind of voice. Voice is great. And um, man, huge talent. The queen of chill, Julia Messenger. And thank you. We'll have more coming with other artists coming soon. Um, yeah. Kevin, we, we have another announcement. Yes. We're going to announce the. This is a huge announcement. This is like. When we look back 10 years from now to this program, and we're going to look back at the first TikTok concert, mm. and we're going to remember this moment as the moment where a, a winner was announced, we're going to be like, that was the pivotal, pivotal, was the pivotal, the pivotal, the most pivotal moment in our life. Um, yeah, so we, we found, we, we launched a TikTok concert last week. Is it 57? Yeah, what, what, uh, 57. Uh, for a viewer who is unfamiliar, so uh, it's, it's been over a year since we've done a live show. Yeah. Um, and our students were itching to perform, so we launched this uh, TikTok concert where uh, students would submit uh, for TikTok, for posting on TikTok, a minute, up to a minute of, of their best playing. And um, we got, yeah, it was, I think at the end tally, it was 57 submissions, all of which were posted to our TikTok at Real Brave Inc. Um, and the contest part of the concert was uh, the one with the most likes, comments, and shares combined. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one, one a a uh, hundred dollar gift card. Hundred dollar gift card. Instructor wins two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Whoever owns this company is very, very giving. Just, just so generous just and throwing, handsome. Throwing that money. It was, a free, it was a free thing, too. It, we didn't charge a dime for this thing. Wow. It was a huge production. We've got uh, <laughs> Kevin over here, who did a majority of the playing. We've got Jordan, who's featured many times on drums, did a majority of, of the production end. We've oh, got yeah. Dallas. Dallas. Thank you to both of those guys. Yep. Dallas, who did the production as well. Mm -hmm. Kevin did video editing. Mm -hmm. Dallas as well. Dallas as well. Oh, That's we right. A, a handful of our instructors also. Andrew, Sanchez, Kathy Mai. Um, Josh was on there. Josh was on there. Um, Amber was a huge help. She was able to put together all the performances in a cohesive uh, spreadsheet. We yes, love spreadsheets. Our director of communications, Amber. Yeah. Um, John Ar John Archer was on there. Uh, who am I? Who am I leaving out? Eddie. Eddie, thanks for being a part of it. The Godfather. The Godfather. That video, I actually wore this exact suit to be a part of. You bought it specifically for that. For, for you. that. Twenty-six point nine thousand. It's twenty-six, twenty-seven thousand views in one week. Wow, that's pretty crazy. All organic. We didn't buy that. And um, thirteen, fourteen hundred people like this. There was thirteen hundred and seventy-three to be exact. Two hundred eighty-eight comments and thirteen hundred and thirty-four shares. So somebody saw it. <laughs> more, more people than who saw this. Yeah. So uh, congrats to the instructor. Do we know who the instructor is? Uh, the instructor is Mark. Mark wins $250. Congratulations to Mark Selden. Wow. And the winner of the first TikTok contest, we're not going to say the student's name out loud, totally 100%, but it's Kenneth H. You win 100 bucks. Kenneth H from Queens. <laughs> Is that a sound effect? Yeah. OK. Uh, where's my I know. Horn. Kind of lackluster. Yeah, that's that's fine. That works. That's OK. Kenneth, you win 100 bucks. 
don't spend it all on Fortnite. So what we'd love to do, and what I'm going to try to do, uh, if uh, Kenneth is open to comments, I'd love to get an interview with him for uh, maybe next week's show, and we can air his uh, performance as well. Yeah. And we can uh, maybe also uh, announce now that um, we're going for round two. We're going to go for round two, and you people on Instagram that are seeing this, maybe. We're on Facebook. You, we're on Facebook. Yep. Yeah, that's right. We're on Facebook. But if you're on Instagram, too, and you <laughs> happen to see what I'm talking about right now, um, we're going to do round two. Same thing. So here's how it works. We're going to post 57 videos on our Instagram page. You have to go there, like, comment, share uh, your favorite artists, and the instructor will win $250. The student will win 100 bucks with the most likes, comments, and shares. It was a huge, huge success for us, and we're very happy for this, all the students, all the instructors that put time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears, uh, maybe a little cereal and coffee. A lot of coffee. A lot of coffee. Kevin, you did a great job. And a lot of ice cream. A lot of ice cream? Yeah, it was. What kind of ice cream? Uh, well, I started on mint chocolate chip, the Talenti brand, uh -huh. the Mediterranean mint, but then I also had a whole bunch of like a fleet of those little Friendly's Sunday cups. Uh -huh. So there was like caramel, uh, swirl, there was the peanut butter. There was two types of peanut butter ones, the one with the peanut butter sauce and then one with the peanut butter candies inside. Um, then there was a Mississippi mud pie, I think it's called, or mud slide. I forget which one it was called, um, but it's like vanilla and chocolate uh, with some chocolate crumblies. Um, all of this, of course, accompanied by uh, Smucker's chocolate sauce. Um, and this was over the course of a couple hours, so you know. That is quite disgusting, my friend. It was great. Sir, what does that have to, <laughs> have to do with anything? I was asked a question about ice cream, and I answered it to the best of my ability. Yes, you did. Uh, if, you, if you know Kevin well enough, uh, Sundays is, is cheat day, and um, he, can eat out, he can eat up a whole neighborhood of food. I sure can, Dan. <laughs> you can. You sure can, Kevin. Let's end it there. Um, we've got a meeting to go to. Real Brave is a music school, and we are delighted to inform you yet again that we have an online program, an online video conferencing uh, suite that you can sign up for. And if you like this broadcast, you will like PracticePad too. PracticePad, practice-pad.com. Uh, you can sign up today and get lessons. It's very affordable and fun, and you can see people from here that teach music. If you like this broadcast, uh, and especially the, the last five minutes, you can um, <laughs> smash that bell. So aggressively. Break your phone. Got Throw the phone against the wall. New stream progressor. Yeah. Like, comment. Please share this thing. Um, it, is, it is blowing up across the world. I don't know if you've noticed, but we're having a good time. We do it for you because we care. And um, that's all I got for today. Please join us next week with more best of lists. Kevin, your favorite. Yes. Uh, and here on Real Brave Live. Thanks, everybody. Real Brave Live.